Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. September 17th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, we're at eight eight in a row, eight losses in a row. It's 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 the opposite of 2017. The, in 2017, <laughs> they got into September and they were on a 22 game winning streak, and and now it's it's just the opposite. But they haven't lost any ground. The Indians are still in eighth place in the American League uh, postseason standings. Uh, they, they've got a, a, a cushion between them and ninth place Seattle. Uh, the Yankees, however, le, like we were just talking about, have uh, have jumped up to the fifth spot, or I'm sorry, yeah, the fifth spot in the uh, the standings. So uh, really, people are are moving around around them, but right now it's the Indians locked into that eighth spot. Uh, I guess Wednesday night's game pretty much had a little bit of everything. Yeah, I just. Uh... <laughs> just a you know another another really frustrating ball game to watch um some good things but just another you know poorly played defensive game uh another guy gets picked off first base to shields in the in the span of five games Lindor Ramirez and DeShields have been picked off first base three of their best three base runners mm-hmm. you know I don't know what's going what's going on out there Joe I mean is it because, uh, you know, the first base coach isn't Sandy Alomar t- yelling at these guys to get back. I, what's the deal? I mean, I, I, it's, it's the second game in a row they've lost in walk-off fashion to the Cubs, this time in extra innings. Uh, really, you've, you, what you can look at through this whole losing streak right now, the only thing you can really say is that Tito's not there, so there, there might be – accountability issues. I, I, I don't know if there's, if there's anything there. Uh, and like you said, with, with the base running and getting picked off at first base, Sandy Alomar is the first base coach. He's got to be sitting in the dugout when that happens, just losing his mind. And he's, they, he said that in his post-game comments. He said, you know, uh, we had some mistakes. We played a little sloppy, but I can, I can live with, with the, you know, the aggressive mistakes or whatever. But it's, it, he, he pointed directly at the getting picked off at first base as something that he said he can't he can't tolerate. Yeah, and you know we saw once again uh, Oscar Mercado of deer in the headlights left field. You know, I mean it's a hard ball; it's right over your head. But geez, oh man, you break in on that ball and then you watch it sail over. Just and you know a couple errors. You you Chang, you know, eat the ball. What are you throwing the ball to first base for to try to get that that double play? I mean, you know, I but he's a rookie. I get it, right. but. You know, well, the Indians, the Indians turned how many with it? Four double plays last night, yeah, something like yeah. that. You know, Aaron Savali lived by the the double play because he put the the leadoff hitter on in every inning, but but managed to to skate through and and you know had a pretty decent performance. Uh, but like you said, it's those one or two errors that really cost them. Uh, you know, 
each game so far lately in this losing streak, it, you can point to one or two plays that, that really sort of are just these metal lapses that, that they weren't having earlier in the season. And it's, it's tough to explain why they're happening now. Yeah. And, you know, Phil Maton, you know, just does a great job walking the tightrope. He's one strike away from getting out of a bases loaded jam. And, you know, you make Baez look silly with two fastballs up in the zone. And then you throw a breaking ball on the outside part of the plate. You know, who called that pitch? You know, yeah, well, you've got Austin. Uh, I'm sorry. You had Sandy Leone at the, at that yeah. point behind the plate. And one thing we've learned about Sandy Leone and one thing we've seen about Sandy Leone, uh, you know, defensively, he's, he's sort of left a lot to be desired throwing the ball. At least we, we saw that uh, the other night, but calling the game from, uh, from behind the plate, he tends to call a lot of breaking balls. He, he he's in love with the, the curveball, and you've got a staff full of pitchers who all like to throw the curveball. So, yeah. You know, yeah. it's not going to, it's not hard for these guys to, for Sandy Leone to convince these guys, hey, let's throw a curveball here. They're going to agree to it. Uh, I, I'm sure that that was the case in, in this situation. But at, at that point, you would beat the guy with the fastball it, up in the zone twice. There was no reason to, to, to no not reason. go up there again. You know, and then, and then Alomar, this is like the old catcher coming out of him that we've seen twice on this, uh, this road trip. Uh, you know, he, he goes, well, I probably would have, you know, gone, gone hard, up and hard against, uh, against Mayton. And then uh, at the Twins, against the Twins, when Whitgren uh, pitches around Cruz, and they've done a great job against Cruz, the whole, the all year they did a great job with two outs. So he p- dances around Cruz and gives up a two-run homer to Rosario. And, uh, and Sandy goes, well, you know, I would have gone after Cruz. So I, I you know, I, I guess, you know, if, if Sandy's going to become a manager, he's going to have to be a little more politically, politically <laughs> correct. But, but it's, uh, geez, oh, man, I'm just. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah there, there's, there's the difference in the post games. Uh, you know, we hear from Tito. Yeah, Tito never puts, never throws, and, and Sandy wasn't necessarily throwing those guys under the bus, but uh, you hear Sandy say, well, I would have done it differently if I were playing. Sandy's a, a little less further removed from his playing days than Tito, but but still, he Sandy is not out there playing. That's, that's Yeah, the yeah, and uh, I don't know. It just, that, you know, it's just, and, and you know what this all goes back to, Joe, a lack of offense. Every game is, is, a, is a one-run game, a tie game. You know, they never get – the pitchers never get a break. They never get a, a, a game where they can – you know, a cushion where they're, they've got, they're up four or five or six runs, and they can make a mistake, and it doesn't come back uh, like a house falling on them. It's just um, – it's just this is a recipe for disaster. And they've got – I think all they have to do is win one game, you know, just win one game and, and, get, and get back – on the right track, but this is, this is, you know, this is building, you know, this is right. building into something right now and they, they've got to stop it. And but if you don't, you, you're not in the postseason. Well, the formula is there with a uh, four game weekend set in Detroit. It's a, uh, it, it worked earlier in the year, a trip to Detroit, got the Indians, you know, feeling good and got their bats right and got their, their attitude in the right direction. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Uh, be remiss if we didn't mention uh, – you mentioned Phil Maton and the, the good job that he had done up until that uh, bases-loaded uh, two-strike pitch to, to Javi Baez. Uh, James Karinchak, 
came in in I believe the seventh inning yeah. into a situation where he had runners on second and third and nobody out, and he got out of that uh, with a couple of big strikeouts and just uh, an all-around solid performance. Great outing by Karen Jack last night. Uh, it looked like he he's really sort of corrected those issues that he had, uh, you know, over a couple of game stretch there. But um, you know, that's an encouraging sign to at least to see Karen Jack go out there. And uh, Sandy Alomar said it uh, best was that you know you got to have a guy in there who's who's your your guy with the the stuff and and they put him in and and he got his stuff came through. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, uh, they sent Savali out to start the seventh. He gives up a single. Then, uh, you know, that uh, the Horner uh, gets the ball over Mercado's head and left. So you're looking at second and third with nobody out. And he comes in there and, uh, you know, strikes the first two guys out, intentionally walks Rizzo to load him up and uh, then gets, uh, you know, Contreras on a, on a bouncer to short. And, you know, I like the fact, like uh, – Joe, you know, he wasn't just throwing curveballs. Mm. You know, he, he, you know, he he was throwing his fastball and he was attacking with his fastball. You know, before the game, Carl Willis was asked about that and 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 he said, you know, we've reminded him about his fastball. You know, he's throwing 90, 95, 96, 97 miles an hour, and he really used it well. I was, I frankly, I was sitting there talking to myself. I sound like Terry Pluto. Oh, I, God. I, I, <laughs> I, I was saying. This is a bad move. This kid pitched last, you know, he pitched uh, Tuesday night. You're asking too much of a rookie. You know, it, it, this is this is this is a bad thing right here. And and you know, Karen Check just, you know, really really did a great job. Right. Yeah. The 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 bullpen for as bad as it had looked the last couple of days uh, out uh, looked really solid last night. So uh, an encouraging sign as they head into into Detroit and, and this four game series. Uh, wanted to just briefly touch on, uh, you know, and get your thoughts on what you think uh, has happened to uh, Framil Reyes uh, lately. Uh, there was a point earlier in the season where he just looked completely lost at the plate. Uh, then he turned it around and went on a hot streak and was one of the more dangerous hitters in the American League. He was second in the league in batting. And, and now uh, he's, he's gone into a stretch where, you know, he's just sort of fallen off the face of the earth again and looks lost again at the plate, uh, swinging and, and, and missing and looking kind of foolish sometimes. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he had that great series against Kansas City at Kauffman Stadium. He, I think he went 10 for 13, had, you know, was hitting everything all over the place. Then uh, uh, the Indians came home. He hit against Milwaukee. He struggled, but he still hit some balls hard. And since then, he's been in the tank. I mean, and, and it looks like, Joe, to me, I don't know what you think, it looks like, you know, he got away from that great, uh, you know, up the middle approach that he had. He looks like he's trying to pull everything that he's trying to hit, you know, a three run homer every time up or a four or five run homer every time up. He's trying to, you know, hit the scoreboard and uh, he just has not, he just doesn't look like he's going the other way or going with the pitch. And that, that's what got him going in the first place. And, and the frustrating thing is that he's getting his pitches. He's getting, fastballs down the middle that he's taking or, uh, you know, fastballs that he's swinging through. These are pitches that uh, during at-bats I'm watching them and I'm saying to myself, you know, that's a pitch that he has to hit. It, whether or not he's ready for, a, you know, he's looking for something else or, or whatever, uh, a fastball at 92 miles an hour, you know, thigh high in the middle of the plate, 
he's got to hit that. There's yeah. there's no excuse for it. And this is it's coming at the worst time because you know Santana's in the tank. I mean Santana, I've never seen him look this bad. I mean I I I don't know what's did he suddenly get old? What what's going on with him? Is he? I, I mean, the bad speed's still there for Santana. I don't think he's. I don't yeah. think he's showing signs of age. I just. But you know, all he does is walk. I mean, and and if and that's his best uh, offensive weapon. Well, it always has been part of his game, but now that's you know he he doesn't scary at all. Right. And what and who are you gonna if you move him down to the lineup? Who are you gonna put in there? I mean, you can't put flip flop them from Ray, with Reyes because they're both they're both terrible right now. So right. it's it's just killing them. It's, it's yeah, really it's, it's frustrating. All right. Well, uh, in the midst of this eight game losing streak, we asked our subscribers on subtext well, how they are handling the the Indians eight game uh, skid here. Uh, the question for our our uh, listeners was. How are you handling the tribe's eight-game losing streak when they lose? Does it put you in a bad mood for the next day? Or are you able to sleep it off? Uh, what are you doing to, to help them break the streak? So uh, let's jump into a couple of the responses that uh, our readers and our listeners submitted on subtext. You can subscribe to subtext by going to cleveland.com slash subtext. Uh, signing up there, uh, $3.99 a month gets you um, a communication with Hoinsey and myself via text. Uh, everything that we know, all the Indians moves and every, um, you know, uh, every breaking news scenario, uh, all the everything, all the inside scoop on, uh, on what's going on with the tribe. Uh, you can get through subtext here uh, on cleveland.com. Uh, let's jump in here. Uh, the first response to the, uh, to the question, Hoinsey, was we need Tito back. Uh, that's, that's the first user said. And I, you know, I, I tend to agree with them. I think Tito would would uh, be a tremendously calming effect on the on the clubhouse and on the, uh, the the team right now. Right, I think you're right, Joe. And I just don't know if it's going to happen. You know, I really, I I kind of, you know, I, I had thought maybe we'd see him at, at this uh, the last uh, home stand, but I'm thinking more and more maybe not. I I don't know. You know, the the Indians haven't said anything. Tito hasn't said anything, and. I think maybe if they progress, if they're fortunate enough to get into the postseason and progress, maybe we'll see them then. But uh, right now, it's it's uh, Sandy Alomar's ball club. All right. Uh, this user says, today I switched from my Tribe coffee mug to my Browns coffee mug. <laughs> so there's uh, there's somebody trying to break the uh, – not, not trying to break the streak, just trying to forget about it. Uh, of course, the Browns – Caffeine injection never hurt. Yeah, and the Browns playing tonight probably had something to do with yeah. that. Uh, the 22-game win streak a few years ago didn't help them. Maybe a losing streak might do it. Okay, so there's reverse thinking. That's Cleveland that, thinking. I like that. Well, that's Tito. That's uh, take a negative and turn it into a positive, right? Yeah, yeah uh, right, right. Uh, let's see. Bill in Peoria says, "I just go into a mood of deep resignation and fatalism, which occasionally, with only occasional exceptions." Uh, this has been the case for 67 years. <laughs> <laughs> you sound when, like a, a, a baseball writer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when not feeling – here's Bill. Poor Bill, he goes on. Uh, when not feeling resigned and depressed, I feel anger and disappointment at the current ownership and their unwillingness to invest in the team. They want to play with the Sharks, but they're only willing to put minnows on the payroll. So, Bill, going back to the old standby of blaming the ownership and, and the, uh, the economic factors for – 
you know, I, I don't see Larry Dolan out there uh, taking strike three with the bases loaded. I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, let's see. This guy says, I spend my time thinking about what could have been if the tribe would have found a legitimate hitter at the trade deadline, wondering what message it sent to the veterans on the team when they made no, no trade to improve the team now rather than in the future and trade for a frontline pitcher. You know, that goes a long way, Joe, I think, sometimes. You know, in, in the clubhouse, when you see ownership go out and, and get somebody, I mean, they made a trade, but it, it, it wasn't a trade for right now, as the uh, – as uh, you know, our subtext has said right there, it was a trade for the future, and you traded one of your main pieces too. All right. Uh, this reader says, I take it in stride. I have to admit that between a shortened season and not being able to attend games, I've been able to feel less attached to losing streaks and such. This whole season is an anomaly, so whatever happens, happens. I do turn off the TV when it's going bad and just listen to Tom Hamilton call it. Now that's entertainment. So I, I agree with you. I love Hammy. Hammy, uh, Hammy's the maybe the best play-by-play -play guy in baseball. Well, the Major League Baseball certainly uh, the, the the social media guys at, at MLB certainly think so. They they love to put Hammy calls on their uh, on their posts and on their videos. So always fun to see, even even for the other team. Uh, let's uh, a couple more here. This guy says it's knocked my my overall morale down. I try to tell myself it doesn't have a bearing on my life, but I love seeing them win so much that it does make an impact. I find myself not wanting to watch. Then I'll check my phone to see they have two on and no outs, and I'll tune in and hope starts all over again uh, that day that they will be that they will be able to pull it out. So you're a fan. That's best yeah, baseball fans do. They live and die with it, right? It's great. Uh, last one. Uh, I try to. Keep it in perspective. I feel guilty for emotionally investing so much in this team, but with the state of the world and the country, it has been a nice distraction from distressing news. However, now it has just become as distressing during, or it has be become just as distressing during this losing streak. So there is nowhere to turn for a welcome diversion. Trying not to be angry about the trade of Clevenger for what? Uh, by the way, this guy says, is the drone a new cheating tool for the Astros? And, and hindsight, <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's, uh, I, you know, we <clears throat> were remiss because we talked about last night's game and we didn't even bring up uh, the most important moment of the game in the fifth inning. Uh, Aaron Savali on the mound with two outs. And all of a sudden you see a shot of Frankie Lindor covering his head and you're wondering what's going on. <laughs> and, of course, it's the drone in center field. Uh, this is not the first time this season in Major League Baseball that a game has had to be stopped because of uh, a drone interference. Uh, I think it's happened in Pittsburgh, in New York. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they have one in Atlanta. Uh, but this one in Wrigley sort of felt different because, you know, Wrigley, it's the, the neighborhood right there. It's it, it, the ballpark literally in the, in the middle of a neighborhood. So that drone could have flown off of any rooftop and, and come over to the park. Uh, we saw it land on the, the warning track and just sort of, sort of toy with people out there. But uh, you know, I mean, last year we had the, the game interrupted in, in Kansas City with uh, the pipe exploding and there was a flood on the field. This year we've got a drone delay. What What's going on? <laughs> this is the yeah. apocalypse. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's like, uh, that was like, uh, um, you know, and it's so, it's, it's weird. It's, it's so, uh, you know, it's on TV at least, look, Wrigley Field looked like they didn't pay their electric bill, did they? It's, it's been 
it's been that way for a while. It, I, I remember back to the 2016 series and thinking, boy, it's dark out there. It, you forget this is a, a ballpark that didn't have lights installed until 1988. So. Yeah, and so I thought, you know, I'm thinking like Batman or something. Like this is a bat coming in. You know, I'm, I'm like, or it's close to Halloween, or, or right. I don't know. But it was, it was strange. It was a, you know, and you know, I, I remember the first time, you know, I got a, I, I got familiar with drones is when you know Trevor Bauer was pitching with the Indians and in spring training, he was flying it over uh, the the, uh, pr the practice facility in Goodyear. And he got a letter from MLB telling him to uh, cease and desist. Right. Right. Well, the kind of drones that Bauer flies are racing drones. This was, this is more of a kind of drone that sort of sits up, up, uh, up high and takes videos and takes pictures and stuff. But uh, the, the drones that, that Bauer has are, are more like competitive racing drones. And those things zip around and those are dangerous. Those could, if those hit somebody, you know, if, if you're not, no, if you don't know what you're doing with them, you can really injure somebody. Uh, this one is is more of a the kind of drone that they they use for uh, TV shots and you know through the city and oh, things like yeah, that. Oh yeah, because you could see the camera on it. Right. So, you know, I, not that this one was any any less dangerous, but you know when Trevor Bauer is guiding a drone through the the training uh, the the practice facility in Arizona, uh, he could crash that and and really cause some damage. This one, it's just sort of a scary thing uh, as you hear it up above you. And you saw Lindor and Ramirez kind of cowering behind the umpire. Yeah, they were that goofing was, around. Yeah, <laughs> That was funny. So what are you going to do? Uh, and, and my favorite part was on uh, Twitter and, and everywhere else that, that was po posting photos and, and commenting about this, they just said, well, it's 2020. It's the most 2020 thing. Of course, you're going to have a drone delay in a game. Uh, the Indians are just lucky that uh, Savali was able to, you know, get the last out of the fifth inning there and, and didn't have it affect him uh, all that much. He, he really sort of shrugged it off uh, nonchalant in the postgame when, when asked about, you know, hey, have you ever, Yeah, I believe you asked him, you know, yeah. hey, have you ever had a, had a drone interrupt you in a game? And it's like, he was wearing his mask, but I think he he cracked his smile. That 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 might no, have been a no no he no, no? He didn't. no. Aaron, Aaron Savali is the most uh, you know, and his his post game interviews are there, there is zero emotion. He he truly studied the Corey Kluber playbook. He did not <laughs> smile. You, you you don't see him smile. So, uh, great. All right, uh, Hoinsey, the uh, the Indians open a four game series in Detroit. Hoping to reverse this uh, this eight game trend uh, tonight. What's your prediction, Joe? What what are they doing? This I time? I told you I I told you before that they were going to roll into uh to Detroit with an eight game losing streak. I I didn't want it to be the case, but I, I said it was going to be. Uh, pretty good chance with Bieber on the mound that uh, that things are going to stop here. Uh, Bieber's pretty much owned the the Tigers this season, and almost you know pretty much everybody else he's faced. Uh, we'll be interested to see Casey Mize. The, uh, the number one pick for the the Tigers. He will make his debut against the Indians, at least, uh, tonight. Uh, and and it would be interested to see. And also, uh, I want to see what's gotten into Jimer Candelario, who is now one of the hottest hitters in the American League. Yeah. And, and just, you know, just another thing to worry about because if they keep playing the way they played the last two, three nights in Chicago and the, the Tigers have, you know, one hot hitter, who knows what could happen? I, yeah, I, just, I mean, they've got, they, I, you know, I, 
I just want Bieber to get, you know, past the fifth or sixth inning. If he gets, you know, into the seventh inning, I think they've got a good chance to end this streak. You know, he's, he's been thrown, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't been able to get deep into a game for a while. So hopefully he gets in there and maybe, maybe we see our old buddy, Eric Haas, uh, maybe gets it, gets, oh, gets wow. some playing time with the Tigers. So I think they just brought him up. So it'd be cool to see him get, get, uh, get some big league time. All right, we'll look forward to uh, the recap of the game and and uh, Friday's Baseball Talk podcast. We'll, we'll see you then.